Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Says she loves me, yes, yes she does Gonna show her tonight, yeah She got the way to move me, Cherry She got the way to prove me She got the way to prove me, Cherry One of the big hits on Broadway is a show that has the crowds coming. People love it. The music is divine. The acting is great. So is the actor who's doing all this, Will Swenson, starring in A Beautiful Noise, The Neil Diamond Story. And, you know, many of us growing up sort of fixated on stars or singers or whatever, actors, dancers, and no exception was Will Swenson. Wasn't your dad, Will, when you were growing up, really a big fan of Neil Diamond? You had heard that music since you were a little kid. Yes, I did, and he still is a massive fan and listens to Neil every day. Uh, It's kind of (laughs) blown his mind that I'm a part of this project because, yeah, Neil is, is my dad's favorite singer of all time. So I I grew up with it in the home probably every day. Oh, my gosh. It was in your DNA, right? (laughs) Yes, it was. It was and still is. So how ironic that this you would end up at one point in your really interesting career where you're working all the time and a leading man in so many different things that there you would be with um, Neil right in your pocket, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, it felt in a way like I'd been training for it my whole life because I certainly knew all of the songs long before this was ever a project. In fact, I, I I didn't tell my dad that I was involved in this project for fear that it could fall apart and not happen because I didn't want to get his hopes up. Oh, <laughs> Eventually, when, when I knew it was a sure thing, I finally told him. <laughs> was he there opening night? He sure was. I mean, he I called me imagine. every day leading up. How's it going? How's it going? Oh. And I was able to introduce him to Neil Diamond. And, and at 86 years old, my dad told me that was the best day of my life. So that oh, was pretty, my. Can you believe it? It's amazing. <laughs> and how much fun great. for you, too, like to fulfill his early dreams. And because people do become obsessed with their favorites. Yeah. And yeah, it was terrific. It was an amazing night for me, and to get to do that for my dad was just icing on the cake, yeah. And you started very young in this crazy business? I did, yeah. My grandma was a playwright in the 50s and 60s, and she started a small theater in Southern California that ran for uh, 70 years or so. And so my family was a theater family. Uh, and I grew up in, in Glendale, California, until I was 12. And uh, they threw me on stage when I was, you know, two years old. And so I was just always around it and and, and uh, ended up going into the family business. So to speak. And Grandma Ruth was also an actor. 
Yes, she was. Yeah, she was great. She directed many of the shows and she, you know, she wrote them and performed in them. She was a great, great lady. Hmm. Now, somewhere I read that you were all, you weren't an army brat, but you traveled constantly when you were a kid through your whole childhood. What, well, how come? Well, we just moved a little bit. Um, my dad was switching professions. I was born in Utah and we moved to Colorado for a bit for, for him to uh, teach at a, at a college. And then we moved to Southern California um, where he went to chiropractic school. And then we moved back to Salt Lake city to start a small uh, theater when I was 12 years old. So, you know, we moved four or five times and <laughs> that was not a, a happy thing for a 12 year old. What's not that? at all. I said, that's tough for a kid, especially a pre-adolescent kid at 12. Yeah. I wasn't too happy about it. <laughs> no, I, I can imagine. My kids didn't even want to move apartments. <laughs> you know, no, we don't want it. All our friends, I said, you're in an apartment. You, know, <laughs> you live near the bus stop. The kids will come over whenever they're taking a bus. But no, kids, it's um, really tough. But what about the acting bug? You went to Brigham Young, and I can't sort of picture that as a big theater school, or was it? <laughs> um, they have a pretty good musical theater program there. BYU is a, is a Mormon school, and I grew up Mormon. And, um, you know, the Mormon folks just have a love for, for the arts. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, kids spend their after-school hours, you know, going to dance lessons or singing lessons or music lessons. So everybody was pretty involved in, in that kind of thing. And I think as a result, BYU has a lot of really talented kids. So um, they had a pretty good department. And uh, I, I went just as an acting student to start and then um, quickly kind of switched into the musical theater groove. And, and kind of tried to develop my singing voice, which I hadn't taken very seriously until college. And I thought, oh, there's a lot more musicals produced in straight plays. So uh, that's where I was, and, and that, that was uh, where I kind of launched my little acting career from there. Well, it's not such a little acting career, but when you were, you know, your 11, 12-year-old self, and everyone was sort of involved in theater, and particularly a grandma and your grandfather, they were both playwrights too. So mm-hmm. did you resent when they wanted to cast you and you were also available? Them? <laughs> uh, it depended on the moment. Sometimes I was desperately in, interested in being in a certain production. And other times if they wanted me to be in it, I, I was like, no, I'm going to play football. So, you know, it, it, sometimes it felt like doing the chores especially because sometimes they would make me, you know, sell candy out front or, or be a stage manager. And uh, I wasn't nearly as interested in that stuff as I was being on stage. But, oh, um, I'm, but I'm sure. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> but were they, were they happy when you started working and started getting parts? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, to, to make a living out of it and kind of leave the nest and, and go to New York and eventually be, be someone that's working on Broadway. I, 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 think that my family is really, really happy and proud of me. <laughs> well, they should be. When you first moved to New York, was it hard to find work or did you fall into things? Yeah, it was a little tricky. Um, you know, my first professional job I got out of college was at Disney World. I got my equity card playing Gaston in the Beauty and the Beast show at Disney World. Right. And um, 
And I remember family coming down there to visit and then saying, well, what are you really going to do with your life, you know, when this falls apart? And uh, <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm really going to go for it. Um, and then I got a couple of tours and I was like, all right, it's time to move to New York and make that big move. And, and I thought for sure things would click, but it took me four years of living in the city before I got my first ensemble job on Broadway. And, um, and then I was an understudy for several years and, and a swing in, in a couple of Broadway shows. And then finally got a, a lead in, um, in the musical Hair on Broadway. And, and that's when things uh, started to, to go a little better for me. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know what, what's so interesting? Um, some of my kids are involved in the theater and acting and film and the whole mm-hmm. bit. And my daughter-in-law, I would hear her talk about her friends, all actors then, and they would say, if we don't make it by 28 or whatever, that's when we know we're going to leave. But you you hung on through a lot of stuff. And coming to New York is not so easy, right? I mean, you didn't have that many contacts here initially. It's not. Honestly, I had none. And, uh, and you know, having gone to school in Provo, Utah, I, I didn't know a soul in the big right, city, course. in the Big Apple. So it was tricky. And, you know, I think I had in the back of my mind that if I didn't make it, I could go home and help with the family business. And then uh, my mom passed away. Uh, and so I, that kind of became less of an option for me. And uh-huh. and uh, luckily, things things took off because who knows what would have happened if I if I hadn't booked a couple of shows and got the ball rolling, but it, right. it's a well, scary prospect. It, it is. happened, right? Who knows? And you hung in there. But when you were working as a missionary, which was a part of what, you know, you did and you went to Brigham Young, mm-hmm. did, is that the path you thought you were going to take or life just kept happening? Well, <laughs> I mean, at the time, it definitely seemed like the path I was going to take. Um, you know, uh, you're, you're always a, a product of your environment. And I was, you know, living in a very happy bubble and, and uh, kind of going along with, with what everybody else was doing. And, and the thing that you do as a, as a good Mormon kid is, is you grow up and you go on a mission and you come right. home and you get married and start a family. And, and that was very much things. the path that I was on. Yeah, yeah. It was an adventure. It was a great time in my life. I went to Ecuador on my mission and got to speak Spanish, learn Spanish, and and uh, and live in that beautiful country for a couple of years. Right, and they and they were probably very good to you and happy to have you there. Oh, the loveliest people! If you ever get a chance to go to mm. Ecuador, I can't recommend it enough. Just the loveliest people on the planet. It's fantastic. But then when you came back, that's you started auditioning and working again. Well, I just jumped right into school. I went straight from high school onto my mission. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then I got home kind of mid-semester school-wise. And I thought, well, I'm here. And BYU offered me a little scholarship. So I'll, I'll jump in here. And who knows if I'll stay. And so I started school. And then uh, I fell in love and, and immediately got married. And, and so I just stayed at BYU and, and until I graduated. And then uh, and then jumped into to working from there. Yeah, well... It, it all it all sounds good, and <laughs> but you know it, a lot of those climbs to get work don't don't happen so easily. So, <laughs> but acting seemed to be the right fit initially. 
Yeah, you know, I always just loved it, and um, and I and I I had some facility with it. Um, you know, probably having grown up with it and just kind of absorbing it through osmosis. But um, I think I was never very good at anything else, so it just seemed like the smart choice. If I could be a snow skier for a living, maybe I could have done that. That's the only other thing I'm any good at. Yeah, but you have seasons when you're not working, so you would have had anxiety. So <laughs> probably. So this this worked out better. And along this journey, you met Audra McDonald. And how long were you with Audra before you guys decided you were going to get married? Uh, it was about five years. Yeah, I I met Audra in 2007, and. Uh, and we uh, initially just had our kids kind of on play dates because we were both going through divorces and our kids were the same age and our kids got along really well. And then we started dating a little bit. And Were you and, working uh, then? Was she working? We both were working. Yeah, we met on a show. We were in the mm -hmm. same show. Uh, it was 110 in the Shade at the Roundabout Theater Company. Yeah. And um, and I we dragged our feet a little long and eventually got married in, in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that that doesn't seem that long. Today, <laughs> today kids are engaged for like ten years. If they, that's true, if, that's true. It's it's a whole different time. Right. So, and and you have a little girl together. We do, Sally James. She's a wonderful little maniac of a kid. Huge energy and a huge, <laughs> wonderful little girl. <laughs> she. Is she going to be an actor? Does she have the family gene? Oh, you know, I, she kind of does. I, I, I wish I wouldn't wish it on anybody. It's such a tricky job. What can you but, do? Uh, she just is full of life and loves to uh, to be at the center of attention. She she she's got a huge voice and a huge personality. So who knows? We'll see. I'm certainly not going to push it on her, but she I think she could do it. Right, but are your sons? Also, do they have the theater bug, or are they too little? Not so much, and they're not so little anymore. They um, <laughs> they're in college now. I the you know I had kids it, pretty right? young. Yeah, mm -hmm. my oldest boy's graduating from Virginia Tech this year in aerospace mm -hmm. engineering of all things. He's a Doesn't brain. Doesn't sound I don't know like an actor. It. Nope, <laughs> <laughs> he did it in high school and and appreciates it. I think. I've got a younger boy uh, that's a freshman in, in at the University of New Hampshire, and my stepdaughter's uh, going to graduate from Brown this summer. So we've got three older kids that are, uh, you know, out of the nest, and then little Sally at home. Wow. And Brown is a good theater school. My kids all went to Brown. And, did they? Yeah. And it, it was really, they, they did a lot in theater and productions and, in fact, one of my kids lives in L.A. now, and he said it's like an extension of Brown. Oh, really? So, yeah. <laughs> With the Brown kids, you know, all waiting to be discovered. <laughs> nice. So, I know. But not like coming to New York. And we think about how brave that was when you weren't hooked up or connected and you had a, years in between to say, should I, shouldn't I? Yeah. And I think today for the kids coming to New York, it's even trickier because the cost of living has become so tricky. You know, Crazy. an apartment in the city is so expensive. I don't know how I could have done it uh, back in the day. Um, I, I really just look up to the kids that have, have the guts to come to New York and make a go of it these days. And it was when you came to New York, it was easier. I mean, you could find 
apartments. Not easily, but you could. But today, it could be, you know, a nine-floor walk-up, and it's ridiculously (laughs) priced. I remember my first apartment was hanging over the sailor soldiers and airmen's home, and it was (laughs) a big walk-up. And it didn't have, I had, of course, a roommate, as most of Mm -hmm. us did. And the, I said to the landlady one day, well, we need two beds. You know, we can't live like this. So she said, no problem. It was a bunk bed. And she came up with an axe, literally, and chopped the bed (laughs) in half. And that was living in New York. You know, yeah. and we didn't think of, write a thing about it. Just come up, chop off the <laughs> half, and and you're set. So it's fun. Now tell me about a beautiful noise. And were you your agent called you, or you knew about it, and how did that happen? Well, it was interesting. I was actually, um, I was workshopping another musical, and the producer uh, was the Ken Davenport, the, the same producer as the Neil Diamond musical. Mm-hmm. And after our presentation one day, he came up and said, Hey, word on the street is you do a pretty good Neil Diamond impression. <laughs> it's true. Um, I, cause I'd done some Neil Diamond kind of party trick songs uh, in cabaret or something. Cause, cause I've always been able to do Neil Diamond pretty well. And, uh, I guess word traveled to him and he was putting the musical together. He said, well, we're putting a show together. Um, we're doing a reading. Would you be interested? And I said, Ken, I've been waiting for the Neil Diamond musical my whole mm-hmm. life. So uh, that's how it came to me, and uh, and I ended up doing the development with it. And um, and the how long the did that take? Well, unfortunately, way too long because <laughs> we started developing it right before the pandemic. Um, mm. We did a reading uh, in early two thousand or twenty twenty rather, and um, and Neil Diamond came and and watched it. It was the most nerve wracking thing I've ever done in my life to sing Neil Diamond in front of him. Um, <laughs> And uh, and we got a green light. We, were, we said, all right, this is going to happen. And then the world shut down. And, and, you know, I just thought, well, this is going to go away and we'll never hear mm-hmm. from it again. We didn't know if theater was going to come back, let alone this project. And then, thank goodness, you know, the world is kind of slowly coming back together. And uh, and we got to, to workshop it and and, uh, and get it to Broadway. Thank goodness. Yeah, that, because a lot of plays that went through that didn't make it. But Broadway feels good again. You know, it feels like it's solid and here and there are big audiences and they're so happy to be there. Yeah, it's a great season. You know, I think a lot of the shows that got put on pause during the pandemic were able to come back. And most of them are are kind of opening right now. And uh, and as, as a result, it just seems like a very full season. There's so many beautiful, brand new original shows and lots of great revivals and and huge stars on Broadway. Just about every theater is full, and and uh, it just thank goodness it just feels wonderful to be a part of it this year. Yeah, and it is amazing when you think what everyone has gone through, and, and the theater. You know, who thought that it would come back roaring like it's doing, and people waiting online for tickets. I love that when you walk in the West Forties, and they're sometimes around the block and. It's mm-hmm. just thank goodness, because without theater, we need it. It's the heart of New York. That's why people come here. It sure is. I love it, and it's great, great to see the theaters full again. It's just terrific. And how do you deal with a young child 
with you working all the time and Audra had been in a play. (laughs) Yeah, it's not very easy. I'm not going to lie. It's the trickiest part of our lives is is, uh, is kind of figuring out how how our child care is going to go. And when Audra's show was running, it was even trickier. Um, But we've got a good, you know, team of folks to help us out. Audra's mom lives next door, which is a tremendous help. Yeah. And, uh, And so far we've been able to make it work. Yeah, no, it's perfect, you know, and everyone dreams of getting the perfect part and everyone working, and yet there's always so many obstacles. Well, it is tricky, and the theater schedule is not necessarily conducive to being a great parent because you're not home at night. So that's tricky. When you're home, you're, you know, when you're off off of a show or not working, it's great because you have, you know, all day, every day until your next project starts. So it's tricky. Does your daughter accept it, or does she not quite get why mom and dad are both gone at periods of time? Well, I think she understands why we're gone, um, and but because our schedules are somewhat, um, you know, uh, irregular, she she you know, there's been times where she's gotten used to both of us being home all day. And then we suddenly vanish and she goes, hey, what, what was going on here? So, so I think she's a little confused sometimes as to why we're there and then we're not there. Um, but but, uh, but it I think works she understands. out. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. good. Well, thank you so much, Will, for coming to visit. We love a beautiful noise. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And it's real. All the wonderful songs are in it. So it's a joy, and that's just what we need. Say hello to Audra, and I look forward to talking to you again. I will. Thanks so much, Joan. Great to talk with you. Bye, Will. You too. All right, everyone. Doesn't Will Swenson have a that voice, a wonderful voice? And he does a really great job. He's a terrific Neil Diamond. And it, 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 I love the fact that it was in his head from the time he was a kid. His father loved Neil Diamond. And that his son ended up in a hit Broadway show playing him was just a really nice story. And, and of course, married to one of our favorites, Audra McDonald. But theater is back, really back. It's a great time to go to see. There are amazing shows. A Dollhouse, which is on Broadway. It's got Oscar winner Jessica Chastain in it. She is a superb star, and we liked it. You've got Parade, Ben Platt, and Michaela Diamond. Again, a star-studded play. Bob Fosse's Dancing. Everyone is excited to see that. Unbelievable dancing. His daughter, Nicole, produced it. Nice, right? She came back and she's doing it. And he was, is, the talent is great. And I have a lot of people who went to see Shucked. And it's true, it is about corn. But people are laughing so hard. They they just can't stop. And you see that in a lot of things that are on Broadway. 
the Peter Pan show. The audience was screaming with laughter. And it's a real farce. And people like it. You know, often, like a friend called me today. She said, I was going to go see Peter Pan because you said it was so funny. But um, the Times didn't love it. I said, you know, forget that. If you are, it's a farce, it's a spoof. If you like that, then you're going to laugh and have a good time. Forget about the critic liked it or didn't like it. It's one person. With the night I went to see that, the audience was honestly laughing so hard they were crying. So what are you going to do? Camelot is on Broadway now and a great cast. I just mentioned Peter Pan Goes Wrong, and it's really funny. And the company is the one that did the play that goes wrong. And they open doors that come off in their hands. I'm telling you, people are laughing a lot when you see that. And Fat Ham, the audience loves this show. So... If you're looking for something to see, take a look at that. And those are a couple of plays that people are excited to see. And not that hard to get tickets now. Broadway's back, but people are getting tickets. And if you haven't seen E. Juliet, that's something you're going to want to see. And, of course, Kimberly Akimbo, not a brand new show, but worth seeing. And Leopold Stott of an important play and a serious play. MJ Drawing in the Crowds. Six has a new personality in it. Some Like It Hot. You've got a lot of stuff. And Sweeney Todd is back. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street in a great production. So what can I tell you? You've got a lot. So when you're saying, what should I do over the weekend? And you can go to the booth in Times Square and get a discount ticket. And I've been going to theater. I've been in the city on uh, weekends and I've taken myself off to some of these matinees and they're really worth seeing and really great. It's a wonderful time to go to theater. My only complaint is if you're not driving your car, a lot of people don't, and it's very expensive in these garages. I don't know what happened to the taxis, but it's not easy to get a taxi after theater. But a lot of good shows are available, and it's fun to go to theater and then take yourself for a very early dinner you can go to Sardi's if you haven't been there in a long time. You can go to Joe Allen's or so. A lot of good places for an early supper so you get home nice. That's just a couple of thoughts on Broadway. I'm Joan Hamburg, and we'll have much more. We got 